today I'm going to have Jeannie Yoon. She's a social worker and she works for the New York City Alliance Against Sexual Assault. She spends much of her work day providing training to college campuses about sexual assault. She holds an MSW from Columbia woo woo, and a bachelor's in criminal justice from George Washington University. And in her spare time, she likes to sing, read and travel. And I can vouch for all three of those. <laughs> Hey, this is Perky from Perky Perspectives Love Period Podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or the ICN.DJ website. And, you know, trigger warning, this episode is going to be a sensitive topic. Um, So, you know, if you have unaddressed sexual trauma maybe you know take a few seconds and leave the podcast or or maybe you can just read up on the description and see if you'll be able to handle it but the whole thing is not going to be super serious you know we're going to talk about some stuff that you know we as women feel like need to be addressed and also we're social workers so we might drop some you know hints some tips and all that kind of thing but um if you want to keep up with the conversation you can use the hashtag perky's pod that's p-e-r-k-y-s-p-o-d and you can follow me on instagram at perky sexy cool you can follow the twitter at perky's pod it's the same as the hashtag or you can go on facebook and it's under love period have you ever wondered if your demeanor or the ways you give advice have closed doors on people opening up to you more? Like, do you see yourself as empathic or do you even know what that means? Do you know what it means to be open to people telling you stuff? Let's think about that. So, hey, Jeannie. Hey. So, what's going on, girl? Well, uh, to answer the question that you started with, I think... The first thing people need to ask themselves with whether or not they give off a vibe of being someone people can open up to is, um, are you, are you a kind of person who wants people to open up to you? (laughs) Right. Um, Because I definitely find like sometimes people will think that they really want to know what's going on with you. And then when you actually start opening up, they're like, oh, whoa, this is like not, I just like wanted to see if I could build your couch for you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so sometimes people, some, not all of us are meant to be caretakers and that's okay that reminds me of the um the the meme that's going around where the the uber driver was like i'm here for you and then she was like oh yeah because i've been going through (laughs) so much and it's like girl no i'm your uber no i'm your uber driver can you please (laughs) just come downstairs i ain't here for you like that you have two minutes (laughs) right i'm about to drive away (laughs) but yeah that's true like but even still like i'm i feel like i'm pretty open to listen to people's stuff and people dump they emotionally dump on you and it's like okay that was a lot yeah like uh, I I don't know if it's like being a social worker or if there's something about my face. I think it's I written know, on my forehead. Yeah, like I don't know if it's just like <laughs> got branded on me and I didn't know, but I definitely have an like an inordinate inordinate amount of people open up to me, like strangers. I've literally had people like 
like someone that I just met at someone else's birthday party. Like I am so far removed from this group of friends. And they're like, oh, hi, are you a social worker? Great. Let me tell you what? literally everything about my life. Mm-mm. I've given couples therapy in more than one bar <laughs> to more than two people. Right. That like, happens way too much. Yeah. Honestly. It's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't come here for that. Right. And I'm pretty sure I have rested bitch face. So I'm like, what do y'all see? Like, I'm not. I'm not no, I don't want to hear it. But then the social worker and you taps on it and you're like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I think it is? Social workers, like we're good at asking real questions like we don't ask oh hey how are you doing we ask like hey how's it going lately like how are you you know i'm checking in with you mentally emotionally and people think like Mm -hmm. we don't because we don't ask people things like that and so when when people get asked those types of questions they're like oh my god and they just somebody's word vomit yeah yeah yeah. so thank you for that tip so i'll make sure to not ask those yeah be meaner right (laughs) when i don't care (laughs) but um okay so yeah so we wanted to like kind of explain the difference between empathic and sympathetic yeah. right? or empathetic sympathetic so do you want to take one and i take the other uh sure which one do you prefer i'm gonna do empathetic empathy okay so i'll i guess that means i'll talk about sympathy which i think i mean if we had to simplify it just means that you can feel bad for someone who's having a bad day right if you if you simplify it into like a really basic nut or box or whatever you want to call it it's being able to recognize that someone's having a bad day or having a hard time and knowing that you can feel bad for them Mm -hmm. but it's different from empathy because empathy is when you actually can put yourself in that person's shoes like without having to go through it yourself it's like you take on that experience in right. a way. Right? So if I could, I can feel, if, if, you know, my friend who had her, her mother pass away at a young age, I can sympathize with that because mm-hmm. I imagine that to be a horrible experience, something really sad, you know, a lot of grief around that. But my mom is still alive and so I can't empathize with that. Right. Yeah. Nor do you probably want to. No, not at all. Yeah. My mom's going to live forever. <laughs> she has that choice. <laughs> I know. You're going to, you know, I'm probably going to live just as long as you. Right. We're going to live forever. <laughs> We're going to die at the exact same time. That, and be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Second apart, just because I don't want to have to feel what it feels like when you die. <laughs> right. <there. laughs> Me first. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So then let's see. So. It's a lot of crazy stuff going on, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we got the Me Too stuff going. We got, it's a lot of Me Too stuff going on. Actually, the little Stan Lee stuff happened today. No, was that today or was that yesterday? Either way, something with Stan Lee just happened. Did you hear about that? I did not. Okay. That's cause weird because I usually am like way on top of that. Every time I turn around and somebody else yeah, is getting is called like out. Like, For like the last three months, nonstop. Yeah. But he's, he's 95 and it's happening now. So we don't know if it's anything that has to do with like mental degradation. Like mm. I don't know if he's all the way there. Maybe he's experiencing um, dementia. Mm. We don't know. Mm. But these, this is why these conversations are hard, right? Because like, what's what? When did it happen? What's going on? Like, how did, how do you talk about this? Like, since this is your work, like, have, do people bring this to you a lot? Yeah. Well, so it's so funny because when when Me Too was huge, like when it really blew up, like what was it like two year? months ago? Yeah, like six weeks ago or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was kind of like before Thanksgiving is when it got like enormous. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of my friends, because of what I do, right, I, I work and talk and think about sexual violence and prevention and, and consent education literally all day long, all day, every day, like I'm never not thinking about it. Um, And so it's really interesting. Like I get why my friends ask me 
you know, like, what do you think about all this Me Too stuff? Like, what do you think? What do you think about this? God, I want to think about it. And I'm like, literally, <laughs> I think about this all the time. Right. <laughs> like, can I have a break? Right. Um, like, can you please just tell me about the weather? Your hair looks really nice. Can you tell me about that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I mean, I get why they ask me. Like, I, I'm flattered by it. And hopefully it means they value my opinion. But you're like the professional one that's like, that's how they see you. Right. 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 <laughs> um, and because it's what I do. Right. So I think with me, too, I mean, there are a lot of layers to it because there's criticism about inclusivity not being a priority. Right. Um, the fact that Tarana Burke started this movement 10 years ago, a black woman who started the Me Too campaign for um all survivors, right? And it didn't really go anywhere. And part of that is social media. Like, certainly that's partially technology. Yes, and the- 10 years ago, it was 2008. Mm-hmm. So Twitter probably just started around that time. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't... And Twitter really... I honestly don't think Twitter got huge until, like... Obama, right? Obama is the person who was able to actually turn Twitter into a presidential oh, Obama, thing. that's my president. I know, I miss him. Um, <laughs> He's still come, my president. I don't know what you're talking please about. Please come back, baby. <laughs> right, like, um, <laughs> so, uh, Next is Oprah. Yeah, right. Um, so the thing about that is like, there's obviously problems because it was a, a, a famous, attractive, wealthy white woman Rose was it Rose McGowan who um tweeted that right at the beginning of November and it blew up and so there were there's so many layers to it at least for me because on the one hand I saw it as like really powerful because even me like I do this work all the time I know that a lot of my friends are survivors or identify as survivors and even I was feeling kind of overwhelmed by the number of people saying that they had experienced harassment or, mm-hmm. or assault. Um, and of course, like part of that is how you define harassment, right? If you're if you're defining harassment by, have you ever been catcalled? That's 100% of women, right? That's there's, And I think that kind of ties in the the statement that Matt Damon has said about like the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Not, I know everybody feels some type of way about that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a great actor and he should right. stick to that. That's what I was telling somebody at work. I was like, you know... Uh, there's parts of the message that I agree with, but maybe not from the messenger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's the thing. It's it's we shouldn't be defining what is more seriously harmful for one person than it is for another. Right. Because right? someone who, you know, gets catcalled at 15 times a day, that might be more harmful than someone who grabs your butt at the bar. Right. Depending on who you are, depending on the circumstances, situation, mm-hmm. how you handle things like that. And so we have we have a tendency to hierarchize thing. And I think we kind of have to in some ways because some acts are criminal and others are not. Right. Um, but it was it was an interesting thing to see just how enormous Me Too got to be and still is like it's I'm actually kind of. If I'm being honest, I'm surprised it's still going. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised, but I'm surprised it's still going because um, I, I thought for sure by now, you yeah, know. because people with attention spans. Yeah, exactly. like, oh, next thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, but everything is kind of still tying into each other. I yeah. think that's why, too. And because since it's so, like, people are feeling like they have their voice, like, they hear from somebody and it's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. But then somebody says it that they really identify with it. And they're like, you know what? Me too. Now I feel like I'm brave enough to actually say it. And then they they add it in. Right. And then it's just like, okay, here we go again. Another wave of a lot of people coming out and saying it. Yeah. And there's some of that. I mean, it's not, it's tough because the Me Too voice this time around has been largely um, prompted by like wealthy white women. Um, and a lot of them are in Hollywood or mm-hmm. in um, like, like, 
media, right? So like newscasters and whatnot. Um, and a lot of the men who are being accused of these things are also, you know, big names, Harvey Weinstein, Louis C.K., you know, Matt Lauer, who ended up being super creepy. I mean, they're all creepy, but like Matt Lauer, for some reason, Matt Lauer really surprised me. Harry Weinstein. I don't know. He, I'm like, he, he looked like he the one who drive around the neighborhood in his white van with no windows. Like, hey, you want some candy? That's what his, that's the face he has. Well, that was, <laughs> right. Well, that was one of the things that I thought was so interesting was, um, like we all were so happy to like throw Roy Moore down the right the Alabama senator or the the guy who mm-hmm. wanted to be Alabama senator yeah, um like and we were you know people who identify as like liberal or democrat were throwing him down the chute right <laughs> throwing him under the bus and then like you know Al Franken same thing and people were like well but like does he need to be fired so it's like there's definitely hypocrisy on both sides here <laughs> like yeah. like yeah they're all like anyone doesn't matter what your party affiliation is or who you donate to harvey weinstein louis ck were like liberal seen as liberal standards and they both turned out to be super creepy and problematic the louis ck one though just kind of like i feel like i identify with how dave Chappelle kind of talks about it like it was just kind of like what are, what are you doing <laughs> like why are you, why are you doing this like because why are you mad? No, like I was talking to my mom about that too. I'm like, he literally asked them, "Hey, do you mind if I do this in front of you?" <laughs> and then just he whips it out, and you're kind of just like, "Oh, you're really doing this?" Yeah. Like, why are you? Well, right. I think I mean he never actually <laughs> formally apologized. He released a statement, but he never actually apologized. But I will say the one thing in that statement that I have to give him some credit for is the fact that he owned up to the fact that there was a power dynamic, right? He did ask quote unquote, right? Finger quotes. Um, (laughs) But he acknowledges that the women in those positions probably didn't feel like they could say no to him. Um, And then, and then he did the thing that was disgusting and, like it's Ugh. just so shameful like that's so nasty like, yeah jeez oh, oh god yeah there yeah it's a <laughs> lot of creepiness but um i'm just yeah i'm glad it's kind of coming out but it's still kind of confusing because there's people that some of this stuff happened like i know for me the one that like messes me up a little bit because everybody's gonna have somebody that messes them up in this whole situation and like for me i'm still a little messed up over the bill cosby one mm. just because of who like the incident that happened around the same time with the, and I should have looked up his name because I keep forgetting his name, but the guy who was the dad from 7th Heaven. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It happened the same time. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty right away. The girl, the audio came out from his therapy session. He um, released this apology and everything. And his kind of was just like, we're going to just sweep this because Bill Cosby's was so huge. But you have all these people coming out and it's kind of like, okay, so his is like all the way up here and then and then we still waited what a whole year and a half before the me too stuff started back Mm -hmm. so i'm like he just was out there not saying it was okay what he did because i you know i'm not any of those women so i can't speak from right but it's just like he literally was out there hanging to dry all by himself and then this guy happens nobody says anything and then it's like a whole year and a half i'm like what's what's really going on well i mean i think we can definitely attribute some of that to racism for sure <laughs> like that's just, just like a little corner. bit, like a little <laughs> bit. Um, and yeah I think it's it's so funny because the the parallels are there right they both played like these wholesome father figures on mm-hmm. tv they were both really popular about, around young um, people a yep, lot yep they were both around yeah like young like kids right yeah. like young like girls mm-hmm. um for years on set uh and he they both kind well at least for bill cosby he raised so many people through tv 
Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he did. He absolutely did. I mean, like you, you. It's funny, like you are not funny, but you hear like comedians talk about how Bill Cosby was a major influence on their comedy, like routines and career, and mm-hmm. like how they came up in comedy. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly. I think racism has a lot to do with that. Um, but then it's also kind of like, okay, you have Bill Cosby, who was all the way out here thrown out. You know, basically kind of having even more health concerns because of what he was going through with, you know, the whole media and the courts and stuff. But then you have R. Kelly. (laughs) Who, because, and it's weird because Bill Cosby did so much for the community and R. Kelly in a musical sense does, he still gets work. It's not like he's out of work. Still does a lot for the music industry. But like, he was just, he did the last show for the escape tour. Like, so it's kind of like, what, what, like, y'all still bringing him out? And every, you bring him out, he starts singing the song, and everybody like, hey, my body's caught. Like, they start I singing do not with him. Understand. Yeah, I don't get it. I think maybe people don't know it's R. Kelly. <laughs> like, no, they don't they, know that song. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> everybody know R. Kelly. And it's, but it's kind of like, I guess it depends on how much you love them yourself. Yeah. If you're going to really back them. No, I, I think that's I think there's some validity there. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like that's why, um, you know, there are a lot of people who like loved Louis C.K. and are way willing to forgive him because they love him because they love his comedy. But Netflix, they pull every. That was I will. Ha- I, I admit that Louis C.K. was my like tough one. He was one. of Yeah, you. that was the one that I was like. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I don't know anything anymore and everything's a lie. <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's kind of like, so who, let, let's just raise our hand if you haven't assaulted anybody. Like, right. I feel like that would be easier. Right, to- <laughs> right, right. That's, that's like when Seth Meyers at the Golden Globes was like, good evening, ladies and remaining gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, How many of you are about to be done by the end of this <laughs> right, night? Because right. James Franco was still there. And by the end of that, by the next morning, everybody was like, oh, James Franco did da 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 da. So I'm like, nobody's safe. Mm-mm. Like, but it's kind of scary because it's just like, so some of this stuff is coming out so um like years and years to pass yeah. it's like not saying like it's okay or you should forget things but it's like do do they remember so some i of have the stuff that they like well yeah i mean I, I i can't i don't like to speculate on stuff like that just because i don't know like it's not me it's uh, not your business right? yeah right um and i don't want to put words in people's mouths or assume any like experiences of other people but i also like i've definitely noticed a generational um, difference in the response to Me Too. Because like when we talk to people like our generation, this kind of, um, you know, millennial, you know, early, late 20s, early 30s, like mm-hmm. kind of this uh, generation, people hear these names, hear these kind of perpetrators and it's, it is, that's it, done, done, right? You, your boss Zero hugs you in a weird way and you feel uncomfortable and it's immediately to HR, especially in the last like three months, right? And when I talk to people of a of slight, slightly older generation, not even like old generation, I'm talking people like in their 40s, mm-hmm. right? They're like, I was just like how things were. Hmm. And like... But that explains a lot about why some of this stuff happened yes. to us, though, if that's how you were raising your kids. Exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, sometimes I wish I can come back as a boy, but then when I think about it, I'm like... Oh, God, no. The way that they are raised no. to think something, not everybody, obviously, but just some of the bit i'm like, like yeah that's not a i when i was i remember being like a kid and wondering if it would be better to be a boy right you know the way that kids wonder about weird things right and now like as an adult i'm like nope i'm good it's like i'll take the period yep. i'll take it i'll <laughs> yeah. take the cramp in every 28 days it's better than having to be you yeah exactly <laughs> it's like, i am the queen yeah, yeah absolutely right. i totally feel that <laughs> but i do think it's weird that like 
so much of this is happening and we know at least like in the black communities we know that a lot of the men were raised by just women because mm-hmm. the you know their fathers were whatever situation they were in whatever institutional racist right. system yeah. was at play it could be yeah. anything they could be sure. in jail they could have been yeah. <laughs> sure. There's so many things that works with the, the racism right but um it's kind of like the women were taught to just go with it but then they te- like I, it's weird to see households where there's sons and daughters because they raise them so differently yeah well you so have a brother right you could tell t- i do yeah. yeah i totally yeah well so i'm because y'all can't see me i'm korean so i'm asian <laughs> i know i probably sound white to you but um what does sound white sound like Ooh. like white supremacy yeah you sound like white supremacy <laughs> yeah, yeah sure i don't know <laughs> people i just can't tell like the number of times people have like heard me over the phone and they don't know that i'm asian and then they hear my last name or something and they're like oh are you like what are and you? they like stop myself <laughs> <laughs> like um i don't want to ask because that might be racist and they're ask. like oh shoot and i'm like yes i'm asian right do you want to continue this conversation great let's keep going <laughs> um yeah so i mean uh my my brother and i are korean and we were raised in colorado we were raised in a pretty like white suburban middle class area of Mm -hmm. Colorado. Uh, We were definitely one of the few families of color um, around. And um, uh, I remember like subtle differences. Like my curfew was 10 p.m. And then when my brother started driving his curfew was 1 a.m and he's younger too right he is young he's he's five years (laughs) younger than me and i'm like are you freaking kidding me (laughs) like you tried it yeah you tried it i saw my dad and i'm my dad's only biological kid i'm just throwing that out there (laughs) for the record because i have you know my stepsister i call her my sister we we grew up together i have a a stepbrother but like i wasn't as close with him but i watched my dad one time we was in a car and, like, me and my stepsister was in the back. And my dad probably thought we was, like, distracted because, you know, we thought we was cool kids because mm-hmm. he had TVs in the mm-hmm. seat. So we was watching TV. And he slid him a condom. I saw it. I saw it. How old? How old was he? He was a teenager because he's, like, eight years older than us. So oh, we okay. were, like, maybe 11, 12. So oh, my gosh. He I must was have like... been. No. <laughs> we wasn't even that old. Like, maybe eight, nine. Something like that. But I saw it. And I was just like, oh, what is Okay. He used to have girls over, all this. Then it's our turn. Oh, curfew. And like, mm-hmm. oh. It's it's such a funny thing, like, how we raise, and we definitely raise men and women differently, right? Like, literally from the moment they're born, it's what color blanket they're wrapped in. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, you, you know, there's studies that show, like, people treat boy babies, like male babies, differently from female babies, right? And it's like, oh, you're my little man, and you're my, you know, you're my little stud or whatever. And then to, to women, it's like, oh, you're my little princess, and you're my, you know, you're such a sweet pea, and all this, like, fluffy language. And, like, <laughs> right. I know plenty of women who do like, not. Like, buck up, I, stop right, crying. Exactly. Like, and then the girls, oh, she's just, oh. Yeah. I mean. I, I remember my dad telling, my brother was, I don't know, maybe six or seven. And he was crying about something. And that's like an age appropriate thing, okay? Six and seven year olds cry when yeah, they're upset. That everything. is like gender. You is drop not... your pen and you can be like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I remember my dad telling my brother, there are only three times in a man's life that you're allowed to cry when your parents die. What? When your country's taken over. And Korea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've been occupied by like everyone. Um, that's and, a lot of crying. And- uh, right. That's true. Right. Like the whole era, you can cry during right. that whole time. Um, and then something like war. I don't know. It, like, I can't remember what the third one was. And then but what I- was your brother looking like? Like, dang. Like, well, I think he was pretty upset because <laughs> he was feeling dismissed. And like, 
I was like, I just scraped my whole knee. I yeah, can't cry. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. But the thing is, like, it's easy to say, oh, OK, like like your dad said that to him. But I've seen moms. Oh, do it yeah. Too. I have to say, and I'll be the first person to say this. Women are sometimes just as bad in upholding patriarchal and traditional attitudes as men are. Like I've seen women say things like girls don't do that or, you know, Boys will be boys. I can't, I like the number of times I've heard women say boys will be boys is actually probably more than I've heard men say that, mm-hmm. to be honest. I read this quote too one time that said, do boys actually mature slower or do we just allow them more time to mature? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There's, I mean, I read this study that, a couple years ago where it was like, there's this idea that like boys are naturally better at math, right? But it's actually probably not. It's that when when girls come home and they're struggling with math homework, we tell them, well, math is just not your thing. You're mm-hmm. just not good at math. It's okay. Not everyone's good at math. But when boys come home and struggle with math homework, it's buck up. You can do it. Get through it. You're mm-hmm. going to understand it. Just they're keep encouraged trying. more, basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're pushed. Uh, men are pushed more towards math and science, mm-hmm. which is the money makers. Because they, they downplay our, even though it's weird, like they, it's like industries that are more women industries. I'm saying that with quotes. Everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then the people that make the most money in them are men. Yep. Like I was just going to say that you took that right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like seriously, like, like I, so I'm, I'm in a choir, right. You mentioned earlier that Mm -hmm. I was a singer and, um, I, most choirs really like that aren't like super professional choirs really struggle with getting men to come audition. Like usually they tend to be really female heavy. My choir is no different. We have like two women to every man we have in our choir. Mm -hmm. And yet every time I see a conductor, they're male. Mm Oh, who, who's the director at your job? She's female. female. We're all female. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Because bear. Oh my God. It's like when you look all the way at the organizational chart, you go all the way to the top. It's like, oh, male. We are hmm, seven surprise. though. So there's only seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good though. Build it up from the top. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's what we got to do. <laughs> so I guess yeah. Let's talk about your job then. Okay. The campus. You work sure. on a campus, right? Sort of. So, um, my full title is senior campus sexual assault coordinator, which is a weird title because it sounds like I coordinate. Sexual, sexual violence. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's no. not what I do, folks. Um, but uh, I, so basically what I do is I work with colleges and universities in New York City. So all five boroughs, although most of my work is in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um, yeah, and who I, wants to go out to Staten Island? Well, I've been asked to, and they keep canceling. So I don't know if they want me or not. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't need to take that ferry. It's fine. Um, but uh, basically what I do is I go and I do workshops around sexual violence education, dynamics of sexual violence, um, uh, consent education, bystander engagement skills. Um, and I work with like a bunch of different groups of people. I've worked with student athletes. I've worked with like peer mentors and RAs. I've worked with faculty. Um, so for example, with faculty, a lot of the stuff that I do is a let's define sexual violence you'd be amazed how many people can't actually do it um and b we should probably do that yeah we should we will do that um and b uh being able to help them know how to support a student because a lot of these professors come to be really close with some of their students right and their students open up to them um and that's a fear all of us have right not every single one of us has had very extensive training on how to respond to, you know, trauma from a friend or family member like I have. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's pretty basic. Like, believe them, thank them for I telling. somebody tell me, oh, you must like to, um, what they say? You must like to be abused. 
And it wasn't even about sexual assault, but they, they like literally said that to me. And so, I was just like, really? Like, did you? Did yeah. You well, so like language is so interesting because I, um, I was working with a young woman as her mentor a couple years ago and she said something like what she meant to say was like, I'll F you up, right? Like I'll beat you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what she actually said, and I quote, I will violate you. And that like, shook me to my core i had never heard that before and i was like what do you um when you say that (laughs) what part of of me are you gonna violate please she wasn't saying it to me she was like telling a story about like this interaction she had with someone else and like she had told this thing to that person and so like (laughs) like i let her get through her story i didn't interrupt her and then i just was like uh can so we go quick, just a right. quick question, <laughs> right? But like the fact that we have normalized really violent language, mm-hmm. like, like you know, like oh, you must like to be abused, or uh, you know, I will violate you, or even something as as simple as like I would hit that. Hit is a violent term, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, that's what you do when you want to hurt someone. Right. And let alone the fact that that is an object and not a person. Right. I'm going to hit it. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, Abuse that fill in the blank, whatever you want to, you know, like, (laughs) and it's like, we're so used to it. And then we're like, I don't, why is me too happening? Oh, girl, like we use this language all the time when you normalize this stuff. Am I allowed to curse? I curse all the time. Okay, great. Did I curse it? I ain't curse it? I don't think so. Mm. I'm being good. (laughs) Look, mommy, I did good. (laughs) I'm doing good, (laughs) y'all. No, you can curse, girl. Cool, yeah. Say all of it. Just get it all out. Shit, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just like, it's, 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 it's so funny sometimes to me when people are like, oh my goodness, like all this Me Too stuff, all this Me Too stuff. I'm like, just pay attention to the shit around you. Like what people are saying and the advertisements that you don't even process anymore that are pretty violent or objectifying. Like, of course, right? Like men are gen- generally speaking, right? I'm not going to say like all men or whatever, but generally speaking, men are socialized and straight men in particular, right? Men are socialized to view women as Okay, but would I fuck her or no? First. Mm-hmm. And then it's are you smart? Are you funny? Do we have a connection? If if we get pa- if we get past all the other stuff, right. then it's like, oh, she has a personality. Right. If the first question to <laughs> would I fuck her is yes, then you can get to that. Right. Stuff. It's like, right. let me fake like I like her and then you while you're listening, it's like, oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe maybe I will date this girl. Yeah, absolutely. And that's <laughs> but that's the thing and, and women aren't socialized the same way, it's mm. right? And then I read this really interesting post on Facebook uh, a couple weeks ago that I like have I'm just I keep bringing it up cuz it's so good. And it was this idea of like why men gripe about the friend zone or whatever that's stupid. I freaking hate it when men say that. Um <laughs> Like, I really just gets on my nerves. Tell me how because, you really feel, Jeannie. Oh, it's fine, I guess. Um, <laughs> no. And and this woman had sort of written this super eloquent thing that I'm going to try and paraphrase and I won't do as good of a job. But sh- what she was saying was, you know, women view friendships as someone that you connect with, you open up to, you share with them, like, the stuff that you're going through and you share with them what you're struggling with and you share with them things like, you know, like, it burns when you pee. Like, like women have this ability to talk to one another in a really real way that is maybe sometimes borderline TMI, right? Like we all have those uh, friendships. I think it's all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> but we're also like, we're so comfortable because we know that's how we define friendship, right? right? When I think of like who my best friends are, they listen to me, they support me, they ask me for help when they need it. Like we're, we're they're like, we're mutual support systems. Right. 
when you talk to a man who has that kind of friendship with a woman, he expects sex or romance or a date or things like that more often than not because men are socialized to not talk about their feelings, right? To anyone, Mm -hmm. right? And the only person that they're allowed to talk about their feelings with in a real way, in a real vulnerable way is their wife or their female partner or their spouse, Mm -hmm. right? And so, of course, we have a whole generation of men, generations of men who are having these friendships, what what are really just friendships with women and are being confused that opening up and being vulnerable means this is, we're just friends versus, so when do we get to fuck? Right. Right. Or they're just sitting there waiting mm-hmm. for when, oh, 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 you're, you're single now. So, uh, hey, yeah. and there's so nothing you gonna let me on. Exactly. And it's like, there's, I'm sorry, but there's really nothing more heartbreaking to yeah. feel like you had a really good male friend and then find out that they were just trying to get in your pants the whole time. The whole time. Like, do you know, like, that's so heart wrenching to just be like, oh, great and for them they feel heartbroken because they're like oh i really was in the, the friend zone this no there's no such thing as <laughs> no, a friend zone you're like, a friend or you're not <laughs> like you knew you was my friend stop right. when you went to hug me did i toot my butt out right did i come in did right I come in if i didn't come in you was my friend <laughs> right exactly <laughs> you knew the deal <laughs> i gave you a church hug from the beginning right. mm-hmm. and you knew the deal like Pay attention <laughs> like do i call you after 11 if i don't call you after 11 you my friend. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. So, no, I hate that. That is irritating. And it's happened a lot. Like, mm-hmm. or some guys, like, they, they start off liking you. And if it doesn't work, then they're like, well, I'm not just about to be a friend. But it's like, if you already connect, like, why you can't, we can't just. So, no, now and, I can't yeah. have any male friends. And that's like, that's so harmful for men. Right. Like they don't have someone to talk to. They feel like the only way they can open up to someone is if they have a sexual relationship with them. Like how harmful is that for yeah, it, like, a man's mental terrible, health? Because then when you yeah. break up, like if you do break up, then you lose in mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. Have you ever noticed in like major breakups with men and women, like women, women tend to be pretty devastated at first, but then they bounce back and they're fine. And like three years later, men are like, <laughs> oh, my God, I lost <laughs> mental breakdown yeah because they don't have they don't talk to their friends about it and don't bring up therapy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh man joseph talked about that too uncle joe he talked about therapy and i hope that men listened because it came from his mouth not mine (laughs) but you guys could you could use the therapy we all could use a little therapy here and there that's not just your girlfriend pillow talk can get you in trouble y'all and get you in trouble i want that on a t-shirt um (laughs) i think i think too it's like if you can't find a therapist that you're comfortable with then get a group of your friends together get dinner once a week and talk like really talk don't talk about who you're sleeping with yeah right yes yes without substances right see if you can make it through see how long you last and then just try and make it a little longer the next time you get together. That's my advice. Yeah, I would like to hear how that goes. Yes, <laughs> tweet tweet Perky's pot and let me know how that goes because I know men get a lot of um, flack when they open up to each other, mm-hmm. and that's part of the problem. Like, like right? I don't want to yeah. hear that bitch shit. Oh, mm-hmm. why you why you bitching? Uh, go tell your lady that or something like. If you know, we gotta we gotta stop it. We gotta stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but um, I think that goes like. Like you said, like our parents kind of started mm-hmm. a little bit, 
But then the schools. Yeah, schools are super gendered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we want to talk about, because I remember you, you told me you wanted to talk a little bit about this Betsy woman. And, and she's so funny. Miss right? DeVos. How, <laughs> where I can start with Betsy DeVos. Um, yeah, she's. I feel like you know more of what's. I, I, I'm really good at like tuning people out if I don't like them. <laughs> so I'm like. Sure. I knew about her and like when it was beginning. And then I stopped thinking about her because I was just like, nope, don't have time for you and your bullshit. I'm a homeschool my kids. And once I said that, like, I kind of made my mind up that she didn't yeah. have anything to do with my life. <laughs> but obviously, that's not true. Yeah, so. she's she's a she's a piece of work. And she's like everyone else in this administration has zero experience to be doing what she's doing. But uh, the, the long and the short of it, for those of you who don't know, um, there's this federal legislation called Title IX that was passed in the 70s. And it was originally passed because um, on college campuses, uh, men's sports sports teams got to play on the fields and on the courts right, and they got like money and you know like yeah sports yeah, right when i ran track and field that's why i knew title, title nine, nine exactly yeah. so basically for those of you who don't know title nine essentially required that women and women's teams would have equal access to stuff right yeah. so women could also use the field they wouldn't be you know thrown into the parking lot to, to practice their right, field hockey or whatever room, it was like um they would have their own locker rooms exactly they would get fresh clothes, like new uniforms, right? Not like the old ratty stuff. Um, and so it was, it was you know, it's it basically meant to be uh, a, a step towards gender equity, mm-hmm. right? And since then, it has grown a lot to include um, uh, all genders, right? Um, saying that everyone should have access to education um, in a real way. And um, in the most recent uh iteration of Title IX, or the most recent understanding of it, is being used to help students who are survivors of sexual violence on college campuses. Uh, The idea of which being that, um, first of all, colleges and universities have a pretty poor history of like sweeping things under the rug especially if the accused student is like a star football player oh my god yeah first of all yeah (laughs) (laughs) go for it go (laughs) okay so we didn't have a football team at my undergrad we had basketball. Yeah, us and, too. Oh, oh, they took the place so well. They was like, oh, we don't have football players. It's okay. We're going to do all the crazy stuff that the football players mm-hmm. would have done. And I feel like they were enabled so much. Like, yep. And I'm not going to name no names because some of these people follow me. But um, <laughs> like, there were people in like the sports admin, like, you know, the advisors, people like in those levels. That I feel like enabled them even more. Like, oh, you're struggling with your paper. It's all right. I'm gonna write it for you. Exactly. You know? Or yep. you know, it's okay. You don't have to take this as. And um, if you go back and look at the stats, y'all, I graduated 2013. As women was killing it when it came to the academics because when they told us when we was coming in, you are, uh, um, what was it called? You're a student athlete. There was a you're a student first, then you're an athlete and then second, an athlete, yeah. right? And we took that to heart. Like mm-hmm. we was doing good. The boys' basketball team? Child. Yeah, I don't know. I know how some of them got into school. Even in colleges here, like in New York City, I, I deal with um, athletic teams where when I do trainings on sexual harassment or whatever, women attend and the men sit in the back and cross their arms and joke around about stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I, like, I see it and I'm like, don't just look around. Like, this is why I'm here. I wouldn't be here if you paid attention to people like me. You know what I mean? Like... So, um, annoying. anyway, Betsy DeVos, uh, is the education secretary, I guess, of our federal <laughs> education department. How's she doing to you? Jean? She's, um, <laughs> she doing well? Mm. Depends on who you ask. Oh. Right. If you're like a wealthy white person. So if you person ask Trump. Who, yeah. 
And she's killing it. <laughs> no, she's, she's the best education secretary right. we've ever had, period. <laughs> ever. Fake news. <laughs> she's She doesn't know what she's doing, but... She's like, she's trying to get rid of public education, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. She's she's all, she, she calls it school choice. I don't know how that translates to like we fuck have a poor kids. Yeah, we, no, right. it, yeah. Well, the, the idea is like with public schools, you typically, kids in public, like go to the public school that are in their... Uh, neighborhood right like their zone um uh, and so she is all for school choice meaning like hey maybe if the uh uh school in my neighborhood isn't as good as the school in the next neighborhood i want to send my kid to the school in the next neighborhood and in theory you know on paper that makes sense like i I get that right um but what ends up happening is you end up with school segregation, right? You have majority black and uh, uh, Latinx students in the, the poorer schools that right. aren't as good. And suddenly all the white kids, right? We see this in New York City, right? All of a sudden, whenever I see a white kid on the train up to the Bronx, I'm like, oh, you're going to Bronx Science. Like, I just know. See, I didn't even know the Bronx had... I avoid the Bronx like it's the plague. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the Bronx? Oh, I don't go up there. Mm-mm. It's pretty far from where you are. <laughs> yeah. It is far. But even when I lived in Harlem, I was like, uh... Because <laughs> speaking of sexual assault, every time I went to the Bronx, something crazy Harassment, happened Harassment, yeah. And I'm just like, is it the borough? Like, should I just avoid all <laughs> the Bronx? And that's kind of what I started doing. But like, yeah, one time... Story time, y'all. So one time, I went to the Bronx... And my friend, you remember the girls? I don't want to say nobody's name on here, but um, I used to hang out with. She like told me, "Oh, get dressed up. We're going to this event." So she had me in heels and a skirt. We was we went in a cab though, so I was safe. You know, I was in the security <laughs> well, of a security car. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll continue the story. Right? right. So then we get up there. We late, so it didn't last long. We out on the corner looking for a new cab. Right. This girl, I'm new to New York, so I'm thinking, oh, black cabs, you know, I don't know which ones is cabs. I didn't know to see the T Mm. in the license plate Mm -hmm. yet. So we get in the cab. We start going, like, barely up the block. The cops got behind us. And the guy in the front was like, "Um, just say y'all my friends. And I was looking like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, no, what's happening, right? And she's just like, okay. And I'm looking like, girl, like, no. Like, (laughs) this is not okay. So then he was just like, you know what? No, just get out. We're going to, I'm going to run. And I was like, oh, the fuck? Like, so we get out, skirt, and he take off. We are near Grand Car- Concourse, standing on the corner. I'm looking like a streetwalker on the corner trying to get somebody attention to pick me up. <laughs> and um, lo and behold, somebody come and try to swoop me, talking about, I'll marry you off your legs alone. And then he would not leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Like, he tried, oh, my friend's going to come pick you up. He's He drives cabs and stuff. I was like, he's about to try to kidnap us mm-hmm. and leave our bodies somewhere. Like... <laughs> So, you know, the Bronx is just not a good experience for me. That's the thing. It's like, I mean, that's the thing. I've had that experience in, like, honestly, like, all five boroughs. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. this, this, gents, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. we are not making this up. We are not exaggerating. This is stuff women deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and like, people always get confused. Like, yeah, and why they're like, well, you're overreacting. Yeah. And, like, you must have interpreted it wrong. I was like, well, no, just because you wouldn't be creepy doesn't mean others aren't. Right? Like, people are like, well, I would never do that. I'm like, I didn't ask if you did it, did I? (laughs) 
Or they'll be like, well, you know, if I'm just saying hi, why don't you say hi back? Like, you why know, do I owe you a trying hi? To get with yeah, you. exactly. But it's like, no, what you don't understand is that sometimes you say hi back and then people see that as an invitation. Yep. And then they follow you and then you can't go home because you don't want them to see where you live. So you end up circling the block and mm-hmm. then you're calling your friend and they're still following you. Yeah, mm-hmm. this shit's so real. And New York <laughs> is not a place you want to just be in somebody's neighborhood Mm-mm. that you don't know. Mm hmm. Because then you're going to have other people looking at you like, what are they doing over here? Yep. Like, no. Yeah, it's too real. And thank you, Betsy, because you're you're just making it worse. <laughs> yeah, Betsy. <laughs> How she got Title Nine? Like, Title Nine was supposed to help. And then she's basically doing the exact opposite. Yeah. Like, so, again, for those of you who don't know, she essentially rescinded many parts of the guidelines of Title Nine. Because Title Nine is only like 36 words or something like that. But there are guidance documents that have been written uh every couple of years to expand Title IX. So re- the the re- the most recent one um, included the LGBTQ um, and trans and genderqueer folks, right? The bathroom stuff? Yeah, well, no, not the bathroom stuff, but it said that um, regardless of gender and gender identity, you still have a right to equal access to education, essentially, okay. right? So, uh, you know, if, it's, if a professor says, get out of my class because they're anti-queer, that's just... Dis- dis- discriminatory by Title IX law because now you're barring a student from an education because they're genderqueer or transgender. We have to write this stuff down. So all this stuff, all this stuff that was inclusive and talked about Mm -hmm. like guidelines on how schools should be helping survivors of sexual violence, all this stuff, Betsy just thought, nah, and rescinded it after meeting with men's rights activist groups. Men's rights activist groups. How is that even a real thing? Like, for like real? Like the meninists? What are yeah, they called? meninists. <laughs> no, well, were those the same people that were like, um, no means yes and yes means anal? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Those were frat boys. Those were frat boys who at some school, I don't know, I don't remember. I just like hear this stuff and I'm like, oh, I know the story. I don't know who it was or what school it was, but that was like a group of fraternity brothers on their way to something I don't shouting know. it like, yeah through yeah the yeah chanting area, chanting right? it yeah. yeah that's fun okay well <laughs> so now that we all feel great <laughs> <laughs> right it's like, let's talk about something else <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like if if anybody does want to dive into this because we kind of it's a hard topic it's really hard to talk about mm-hmm. especially with everything that's happening like but I think it's important to like, like we said in the beginning, be sensitive about what you're saying and being open to hearing stuff. If you're going to bring up a conversation, because what's the stats like one in three, one in three uh, globally, one in four college age. Yeah. Okay. So one in three people that, you know, have probably been a victim of sexual assault yeah. and then college age is one in four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many people is in the room right now? It's four people in the room mm-hmm. right now. Right. Statistically speaking. Yep. exactly so yeah so like i said just be careful with that if you guys want to see you know this podcast talk about it a little bit more you can hit me up on instagram on uh facebook or on twitter and i put all the ads at the bottom but now we're gonna talk about periods yeah because we're all about periods we love periods that's what we're gonna talk about (laughs) we do love well yeah, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely love-hate. <laughs> certainly. I definitely just had like a 10-day period the other day. Oh, and I, I was that. ready to like... Yeah. I was getting nervous. I was like, um, do I go to the Did doctor? Did I have a miscarriage? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I really yeah. had that yeah, thought. Yeah. I was like, 
I'm pretty sure I wasn't pregnant, but now that my period is past so five long. days, yep. <laughs> maybe I was. And now I was feeling a little sad. Like, did I lose a baby? Oh, I didn't no. even want like, no. <laughs> like I probably... don't want to be pregnant, but now I'm kind of sad because I may have lost the baby. That like uh, it was so many mixed emotions. <laughs> but yeah, so periods. Yeah. <laughs> so I think so. I was one of the first girls in my. F- uh, I got it in sixth grade. So and like most of my friends didn't get theirs to like seventh grade or like end of sixth grade i got it like beginning of sixth grade okay and i thought like my mom is um very curvy and she's got Mm, like she always had like bigger breasts and i was really excited about my breasts and you know like for Mm -hmm. years i would literally as a kid i'd be like i'm gonna be a size c i want to wear c cups like like, your mama yeah yeah i was like excited (laughs) about having boobs so i hit puberty first and it was as anyone has experienced, horrible, right? You just don't know what's happening with your body. Confusing, right? Everything hurts and you don't know what's happening. Um, and I remember like boobs, you know, I, I think like in my sixth grade mind, I thought they were just going to like pop onto my chest. Like, For some suddenly. people it yeah. did though. <laughs> no, no, right. Okay. So in seventh grade, when all my friends started going and, and having their periods, right? I'm like, okay, just give it some time. Give it some time. By eighth grade, I had a friend who was a D cup. At 13, which I can't imagine like the back pain she must have and like the weird attention she was suddenly getting. Mm-hmm. A- and I'm sitting here two years into my period going, where are my tits? Yeah. They, I'm still waiting on them. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, you know, I, I pay attention to women's body. I'm like, okay, some people, you know, the older they get, the more their body fill out. So I'm like, all right. Not, <laughs> not in my 20s. There, yeah. you know, maybe my maybe 30s my is going to be good. <laughs> Maybe now I'm like, oh, maybe when I get pregnant, like now I got to like put it no, on for real. Things. I'm like, like, <laughs> like my caveat now is like my one chance for big boobs, natural big boobs is when I'm pregnant. And I don't know if I want to get pregnant. We'll see. Oh, maybe never. Yeah, possibly never. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I was happy. Like once I got to college and I was seeing like some of my teammates struggle who are bigger tested. Yeah. Oh, they same. Were running. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. At a know. certain point, I Here's was like, advantage. you know what? That's actually fine. Like right. I'm, I'm like, I, I genuinely am OK with the size of my boobs. Like I, it's a fun thing to joke around about. But as a sixth grader, seventh grade, eighth grader, it was horrifying. I was like, that's not fair. I've been suffering for two years longer than you. <laughs> and you already have boobs. And I have nothing to show for And it, like right? F you, <laughs> F the world. I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I used so I used tampon or no pads all through until like sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. So for like five years, I wore these things that made me feel like I was wearing a diaper, and I made all the mistakes that every girl makes at some point, which is like white pants. Yeah, white pants, <laughs> or it bleeds through, and now you have to like figure out how to cover up the one little blood spot on your butt. Like, you know, we've all had that experience, right? I think the most embarrassing for me was the waking up. Because I, oh, I always sh- thought yeah. there was times where, like, it stops. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep now. Everything's going to sleep. Then you wake nope. up, it's like, no, it didn't no, go to And sleep. you're sitting in a pool of blood. Yeah, yeah and that's it's great. It's and then you have to tell worse, your mom. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, mom. I had to. My mom was great, actually. I will say I was really lucky in that regard because my cousins didn't necessarily get the same thing. My mom was really good about being like, you know, when you get your period, this is what a period is. Like, she didn't, get, she didn't give me, like, the science uh, explanation, but she was like... When there's there comes a very natural point in your life when you're going to start being a woman. And what that means is you're going to bleed out of your, you know, I mean, vagina. Right. She said something like private area or something like that. And I was like, okay, And I was like, really? I don't I was like not horrified by it. I was sitting there like, okay, okay, got it. Got it. And um, when it finally happened, I 
called my mom. I took the cordless phone. I went into the closet of my room, closed the closet door. And I was like, really? I was like, mom, it happened. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, she's like, what happened? I'm at work. Why are you talking to me right now? And I was like, I got my period. And she was like, oh, congratulations. (laughs) And like, that was it. Um, So I was like, no, for real. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) But I know like my cousin, some of my cousins didn't have that experience with their moms. And so when it happened, they're like, I'm dying (laughs) because they're bleeding out of this area. And they're like, oh, I'm I'm dying. I'm officially dead. Like, I'm yeah, dying like because their I parents. I got two more hours left, yeah, you guys. Yeah, I love Say everyone. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> my parents, like, because their parents didn't tell them. But I didn't wear, so at, uh, my original story was that I, I wore pads for, like, five years because that's what my mom taught me to use. I didn't even know what tampons were. And then my best friend started using tampons probably around eighth grade or so, and she was sort of telling me what it was. And I didn't, like, understand the concept because I didn't know what my body looked like. I didn't know what my you own body looked like. Mirror. I never – no. Like, I, you know. I don't, did I do the mirror? All I know is when I started hearing about tampons, it was like the ru- – I don't know. Women, man, we get a lot of pressure. Yeah, we do. It was like those weird rumors, like – if you wear tampons, it means you're it's not gonna a break your hymen. Or, yeah, you know, all like, that stupid you're stuff. You're a slut if you wear tampons. Yeah, like, no. Like, and why are you putting this on me? Like, a hundred percent, right? Like, I, that was one of the things that kept me from going for it for so long. But then, like, you know, as time passed, more and more, my friends started using tampons, and then they were more open about like, it's great. Like, you don't really feel it. You don't have to change it every two hours. Like, you know. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give this a try, right? And I was really shy about trying it. I knew that I couldn't ask my mom because my mom's never used them. So she wouldn't have been able to help me. Mm -hmm. So I just went to like, I was like at the mall one day and I went into one of those like Walgreens stories and I, you know, browse quietly. You're like kind of ashamed and embarrassed. Yeah, you're like, pull your, yeah, you pull your hat (laughs) down and like, um, and I'm in the, I'm in the feminine hygiene uh, aisle and I'm looking at all these tampons and I don't know, I don't know anything about these things. At this point, right? I'm just looking at a bunch of boxes and I don't know what brands are good. I don't know. I don't even really know what a tampon is at this point. So I pick up a box of OB Super Ultra Absorbents. Oh, oh the big, you went the for real the big, big one. Because I, I read like Super Absorbent and I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> I wanted to absorb yeah. super, right? <laughs> and, but if, for those of you who have never used OB, there's no applicator. It's literally just like a thing of cotton. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That sounds really rough. So I went home and I, I did the mirror thing. It. Yeah, I did the mirror thing. And the diagram didn't make any sense because I don't know what my body looks like. And I'm like trying and it's it's painful. Obviously. So I just But you co- thought it was supposed to be like that? Yeah. So I just stopped trying and went back to pads because it was like, it's not worth it. This is too painful. Nobody told me it was going to be painful. And then like, I'm not even kidding you. Like a year later, I I told this story to my best friend who was like, you're dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. (laughs) She's like, okay, here is Tampax. It's a plastic applicator. So it's going to go in and then you pull it out. And that's Ta-da, it. And right. it was, and like, I think like, I, I mean, I must, obviously I must have figured it out at some point. I was like, I oh. feel like every little kid, that reminds <laughs> me of like that South Park episode where they was like, it goes in your butt. Like, <laughs> it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't go in your butt. Don't put it in there, please. <laughs> no, yeah. Tampons are a little difficult. Uh, I don't remember my first tampon story, but I do remember thinking like, dang, like I hope I'm still a virgin after this. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, me too. I had the same thought. I really did. I really had this moment of like, am I giving up my virtuosity by... I think my hymen probably broke when I was running track though like yeah, um, pro- yeah. Uh, I, I, the hymen's not even like a real 
But some people mm-hmm. test it. Like there's coaches who yeah, are like they do. They like I want to see the sheet. I want to see the blood on the sheet. So I was like, what? I can't run ever. Like I have to fast walk everywhere, or else I'm the sheet won't be red. And that was like, also terrifying. This idea that you were gonna bleed the first time you had sex. Do you know how scary that is when you don't know what no, sex is? No, you know is? what's scarier <laughs> when you have a partner that was trying to play you. So when you're going through all this confusing stuff, you don't have anybody to talk to about it. <gasps> no, mm-hmm. has that happened to you? Yeah, it's personal. Story. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, like there's people like like the same thing we talked about the men. Like they they open up to women, but then as women, when we go through traumatizing stuff, or when we're going through like the coming of the woman stuff. Oh my god, they're some, like, I don't have time for you. Yeah, like men <laughs> see us as like a notch, or oh, I took her virginity or whatever. But it's like that's a big deal, not just because oh the emotional. Ta- no, it's like you literally just made me go through an experience and I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, so how am I supposed to talk? Who, I don't want to go to my mom like, yeah, so mom, I'm not a virgin anymore. <laughs> hey, like, <laughs> what you think about that? <laughs> Can we talk about this? Yeah. No? Like, no? Okay, great. I'm grounded. Great. <laughs> it's like, I'm, a, I'm an adult kind of yeah. ish. Like I'm grown ish. Like <laughs> I was a late bloomer. I didn't, I didn't. I was in college, but like, yeah. that's what made it even weirder. It's like, now I want to be grown. But that just made me feel like a kid again. Mm-hmm. And who am I gonna? I took my mom's sex talk was X and a Y chromosome. I could not go to her about this. Oh, I didn't have a sex talk with my mom, but my mom knew when I wasn't a virgin anymore. This shit was crazy. Okay, I I I, I studied abroad in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I met a young man who I fancy. His, accent, his yes. accent got you. No, he wasn't a Kiwi. He was German. I don't know. He was my next door neighbor. I know. Um, he was actually a really wonderful. And in terms of like first sexual experiences, he was actually a really, really great partner because he was really good about like checking in with me and making sure I really wanted to do this. And he was like really great. Um, mm-hmm. Like take note, men. Um, them Germans, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, this one, sure. The one German. <laughs> the, right? the, this one German dude. Um, and so I remember uh, when I got back from New Zealand, I was really, really sad for a lot of reasons. I missed him, of course, because I had like completely fallen in love with him. Um, but then the other thing was like, I missed New Zealand. Like I genuinely just missed the country that I loved. I missed this culture that I had become a part of and that I really liked being a part of. And so I was moping around the house for like a month right and after I got home. Like, what and so, on? and she's like, she can, you know, and I kept telling her, I was like, I just miss New Zealand. Like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And I'm like helping her. I was like chopping a carrot or something, like helping her with dinner. And it's just me and her and we're both being quiet because i'm being sad um and she just like out of nowhere goes you had sex didn't you oh and i was like <laughs> like my jaw dropped and i like had you can't this... even play it off like what no, no. oh no no i it, i was so shocked that i just like didn't say anything for a few seconds and then i was like how did you <laughs> That's the social work thing. It's written on your forehead. Right? Not uh, a virgin. No, right? <laughs> She's not a virgin. She's unclean now, mom. Like, <laughs> your mom was just like, mm-hmm. I know why you're I crying, see that. girl. Yeah, know, you're looking right? a little glowy. <laughs> a little dewy now. But yeah, so that's interesting. That did not happen to me. <laughs> to yeah. me at all. and i'm thankful i hope my mom never my dad tries to say something he's like yeah i want you to have grandkids but don't ever talk to me about sex ever never like never not ever and like i'm like okay so then stop asking me if i'm pregnant like <laughs> you know that those two things are connected yeah, right like, yeah. you, i think they kind of go to get you had a kid before right. you know how this works right <laughs> yeah. is there something you need to tell me yeah. your dad's a virgin <laughs> no, i'm just kidding that would be funny <laughs> <laughs> but no okay so then you said birth control 
Oh yeah, so yeah, I've tried. um, I've tried uh, the pill, and I did that for three years. Um, How'd that make you feel? Did you gain weight? I didn't. I got really lucky. I like went to the Planned Parenthood in D.C. I was living in D.C. at the time, um, and I. saw a gynecologist for the first time in my life and she she was like do you want birth control you know we kind of did that whole back and forth and she was like all right we're gonna start you on these and then you know we'll we'll check in in a month see how you're feeling um because you know like i've seen people have negative reactions to birth control either they gain weight or they lose a bunch of weight or they have like really uh serious like emotional uh responses this birth control pill worked really well for me for like three years and then at three years it it did get a little weird like i just was lightly bleeding for like a month and i was like out of nowhere after taking it regularly and everything Mm -hmm. yeah and i was continuing to take it regularly i was continuing i even took the placebos because it just helped me stay on track and uh yeah for like a month i was like i spotting it wasn't even like bleeding it was like spotting i hate that i ruined so many pairs of underwear that month because Mm -hmm. i kept thinking oh it's over now it's over it's done and then it comes back and it's a jerk i think i tried a lot of them and i don't have a i don't have a favorite I tried the pill. I tried the Nuva ring when that came out. Mm-hmm. That was a little odd to put like the little ring in there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, why is that in right? my vagina?" Um, and then I did the Depo shot. Mm. I did that one twice, so they're supposed to last three months. Six months, I I spotted, and my mom was like, "No, it's gonna get better. It'll, your body get used to it." I did it before too, and so I'm trying to be patient because I'm like, my mom's literally telling me like it's gonna get better. Yeah. No, I don't think I had any underwear left after that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what's the point of underwear at this point? Like, <laughs> like um, everything's ruined now. Have you considered the IUD? Because that's what I have now. I don't want nothing to bother. So I can tell you that I love my IUD. It's in where they put that in your mm-hmm. vagina, right? That's the V, the Y-shaped one, the little T-shaped thing. It's yeah, tea? the little Y. Yeah, it's like a wire. But a can't those move? And then. I mean, like, if you have a bad gynecologist, yeah. But it's, like, I've had really positive experiences with mine. I got the small one because I haven't had a baby. And that was that was recommended to me. Like, because it's, it's up above your cervix, right? So it's not – it doesn't sit below it. It actually goes through that little opening where the cervix m- meets. Um, and so it is – I will – I won't lie to any listeners who are thinking about getting an IUD. Getting it inserted is painful. I'm not going to I'm Why? not going to sugarcoat that cuz you're stretching the cervix before it's ready to be stretched. The cervix is like basically the cervix is the thing that keeps the baby from falling out of you, right? And then that's the thing that opens to let the baby out. Girl, you not this is not helping. <laughs> this is not encouraging me to get it. <laughs> well, I will say it's it's th- for me it's 3 years that I don't have to think about kids. I don't have to worry about getting pregnant. And then by if accident. you want to get pregnant, they have to go and pull it out. Yes. But it's literally like they pull it out and then within a month you can start having kids if you change your mind. They have bigger ones that last 10 years. Um, yeah, 10 years. Um, uh, Don't be shaking your head. At me. <laughs> I know someone in here is like, I know. Um, Get the IUD. No. I like my IUD. And like the, the first one hurt because I'd never had one before. Right. And then after three years I had it taken out and then I had another one put right back in and it was way better. So it's one of those things that like. You just kind of get used to it. You don't feel it. It doesn't shift around. During my... Do they check? Yeah. During my uh, gynecology, like my annual checks, Mm -hmm. they always make sure that it's still there. They can still see the strings. How? They do like an ultrasound or they like feel for it? No, they they use a specula and they just kind of shine a light in there basically. Uh, Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> the, the thing where they open you they, up. Uh, yeah, when head. they open up. Oh, I see your IUD. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's funny. It's just the strings because the strings stick out of the bottom of the of the cervix. So this the thing kind of sits up above the cervix, and then the strings pull. And then just to pull it out, they literally just yank on the strings, and it comes out because it's flexible too. Oops, sorry. Yeah, oh, my face. This is. I know face. you're like <laughs> you're like. Um, oh my I guess I'll think about it. I don't know. I'm scared of birth control. Like I always feel like. It's going to like, I'm going to be that one to where it's like, I took birth control for this long. And get so. that like freak accident and you can No, I like, I, it's going to hurt my chances of having oh, babies. Like that's oh. my fear. Like, it's like, yeah, I don't want any now, but like, I, I want one eventually. I like, don't know if that's a thing. Like, cause it's taking over the place of like your home. I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah, I cannot tell you. I could not tell you. How yeah, that. y'all talk to me about this. Like maybe y'all. <laughs> yeah, any can tell any OBGYNs out there, <laughs> right? OBGs. Anybody who has good experiences, like, because there's some people that'll take birth control for years and mm. then they have a baby right away, and there's others that they kind of regret it because they're like, I don't know, like I don't know what it is. Like, I'm a hypochondriac. Mm. I'm gonna get nervous <laughs> about everything. Like I told you, I had a period for a few extra days, and I was like, "Up, oh, I'm dying." I lost ten babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> never have a baby again. I just had ten. Like, all my period. eggs are gone. <laughs> all of them. I, I, I remember I asked them. I'm like, "Do we have a count? Like, how many do I have? Like, did, they did do. I run out of any? Like, <laughs> you can get that checked. I, yeah, but isn't that painful for them to check how fertile you are? I have no idea. Don't make me be. I'm gonna be in the OPG all month. I have no idea. But it's basically like, like I, I think you can actually go, and they can tell you how many how many eggs left you have. Because we're born, women are born with a set amount. Yeah. Um. So they can tell you how many you have left. Do I want to know that? I don't. That's kind of that, like that's knowing the when question you're die, for you, girl. Right? That's like, not. <laughs> it's like this is your last day. Like <laughs> last day. It's like you know you only have ten eggs left. Oh like, my god. I would freak out. Yeah. I would probably get pregnant right away. I'm like. Oh. Gotta, gotta, have, gotta, gotta have one. Yeah. There you go. And then you'll have like triplets. Damn it. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I get boobs. Yeah, there you go. You'll have triple boobs. There you go. I have triple boobies and boobs. hopefully they stay after the babies come. <laughs> but okay, so yeah, so we talked about a lot. We talked about sexual assault, the Me Too campaign. We talked about Miss uh, Devo, 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 Devil, Devil, All right, that's Devil, Devil. We talked about periods, birth control. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff, and I mean, I think my listeners like you said you you sing in the choir. Yeah. So I think they want to. I don't even know what I would sing. Hear a little. You remember when we went to? Okay, FYR, y'all. Like me and me and Jeannie went to school together. Yeah. And then I like hijacked her Germany trip. Oh no no I, no! I definitely hijacked your Germany trip. I was like, you're, "Oh, German! Somebody's going to Germany." You were fun to be with compared to our other companion. Oh, I ain't gonna say no. We names, won't talk about that. But of course. <laughs> Wait, I did want to talk about. That's so funny. We when we first got to Germany. Yeah. You remember how the guy tried to sweep me up? He was like, "I want you to um model wedding dresses for me." <laughs> almost got sexually assaulted oh in God. germany i forgot, I forgot all about that, that. where yeah. were we was that bad in baden baden where were we no, where no, your no. friend was oh cologne cologne oh. or berlin it wasn't berlin because we took the train into Munich? where your friend i forget but 
It must have been Cologne. Tried to, uh, like the first, the first city that we were mm-hmm. in, right? Cologne. Yeah, we were in Cologne. We were sitting outside. We get off the train. So we just got up. We landed in oh Dusseldorf. Oh my God, I forgot about this. Yes. Yeah. And then we hopped on the train to go meet with her friend. And while we was meeting with her, we was in the courtyard. Yeah. And this weird man comes up to me barely like he was speaking like broken english but was like yeah how oh, you so pretty you chocolate uh, <laughs> oh yeah and, and i remember being like oh god dude. Like, everybody like why is he coming to he was like i want you to model wedding dresses for me i was like oh wedding dresses? my god like why are you asking me to model wedding dresses i like, completely like, forgot about this. and then i'm just looking there like like why everywhere i go i stick out because i'm the one black girl in the whole courtyard so you want to come pick on me like yeah kidnap me like somebody's gonna notice when chocolate drops are missing through the courtyard <laughs> And he came straight to me, trying to talk to me, asked me to model dresses, and I was just so confused. Like, well, because his 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 English wasn't that good too. So there was, a, and then we had we had literally just arrived we had in the country. So we were like, really we, sticking out. We had like, been in Germany for like an hour, an hour in, and I'm almost kidnapped. Like, <laughs> that's a record. <laughs> it, was like, it happened in Mexico too. It happened. I'm, li- I'm telling yeah. you, it happens everywhere I go. Like, I believe you. Yeah. Like, oh, I 100% girl, believe you. Yeah. Like, we're gonna take her. Yeah. Why they didn't mess with you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Asians are everywhere. We just sort of blend in. People don't pay attention to us. Really? Yeah. Which is its own form of racism, but that's like another podcast. <laughs> that's so another podcast. <laughs> we can come back to that. People like I've had people look at me and go, "Oh, you identify as a person of color?" I'm like, "Girl, I'm not white." What? What would they think you identified as? I asked that question and they were like, I guess just like Asian. I'm like, and that's not a person of color to you? (laughs) Right. Like that's, that's not white. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) So yeah. Anyways. Yeah. We went to Germany together. I almost got sexually assaulted in the first 10 minutes. mm. And she sings. We, oh, that's what, that's that's why I brought that up. (laughs) I was like, how do we get on this Yeah, I forgot how we got so, we went to a karaoke Karaoke bar. in Munich. That was in Munich, yeah. Yeah. I got hit on by a French guy there too. He was Mm -hmm. kissing my shoulder. That was really He was cute though. He was like 50 something. Yeah, but he was like cute 50 something. Okay. (laughs) And he didn't speak English or German. No, yeah, no. He was, yeah, he was just like a tourist. (laughs) Yeah. I think I got like, probably got semi-sexually assaulted like three times. Yeah. It was that first guy. At the um, karaoke bar, and then your friend's brother like definitely like started like. Yeah. I almost said his name. I won't do that. Don't but. do that. <laughs> <laughs> he like kept saying Aaron Burn, which is wait, am I saying it? Aaron Burn and Bear. It was strawberry and Aaron Baron. Yeah, Aaron Baron. He kept saying that to me over and over again. And just kissed me out of nowhere. I was like, oh. That's where this is going. I, man, I forget. Hey, you have a good memory. I don't remember a lot of this. Well, stuff. yeah, I kind of remember when somebody. Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yes, what song did you sing at the? Um, you sung Whitney. Did you sing Whitney? It was Whitney. I think I sung Adele. We both. We definitely both went with like big belty, <laughs> like, and we we're not. We were really bold. We had yeah. went to the. It was that was the holiday. Yeah. So we had just drank like mad beers at yeah. the beer garden. Everybody was in their leader hosen. And didn't we find like two random other girls who were like, "We're going to a karaoke yeah, bar," and then we're like, "We'll go with you." Mm-hmm. And then they left us. <laughs> yeah, they did. They totally ditched us as soon as we walked into the bar. Right. And then we got on stage. So whatever, a joke is on them. So we made it right. <laughs> We're now famous in Munich. I think I sang <laughs> I Will Always Love You, which is a weird choice. For the first time going yeah. out, right? <laughs> I don't even remember which Adele song I sung, but yeah. it wasn't my best song, I think. No, it was not it mine. Was fun, though. No, totally fun. Right. But neither of us sounded great that night. So, you know, but we had fun. Speak and that's what karaoke is about. Girl, karaoke is not about 
like sounding good. Karaoke is about like how loud can you be and still be coherent? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. How many beers can you drink before mm-hmm. getting on stage and, and make a fool out of yourself? Yep, exactly. So what what are you guys doing now in the choir? Do you want to promote your choir real quick? Oh, sure. We're called Tapestry Choir New York City. We're a small chamber choir. We do two concerts a season, um, so usually December and January. Okay. Um, and you can literally just follow us on Instagram at, tap, at Tapestry NYC. Uh, and we also have a Facebook page. So come. So you like guys are us. done already? For the spring season, we're about to start our, uh, I'm sorry, we've just finished our winter season. We're about to start our spring season. Mm. So we're doing Latin music this year. Or this season. Latin, like? Like music from Latin America and with Latin composers and... Uh, you guys do, like, s- classical? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's mostly classical music. Um, last season we did, like, Brahms and, um, uh, yeah, other, like, classical composers and stuff. So I'm a, I'm a classically trained soprano. Yeah, I know, because when we went to... Um, whose house was that? Uh, Be- mm, Beethoven? Beethoven's house. Yeah. Beethoven's mm-hmm. house. You were like reading the music and playing it with your fingers. I was like, oh, okay, music girl <laughs> right here. Like, yeah, let me fulfill another Asian stereotype and tell you my mom put me in piano lessons when I was four. <laughs> yes, yeah. she can do all of that. She can read music and stuff. It was, I was kind of like feeling like left out. I was like, I feel like I should know an instrument right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Because you knew all of it. You were like, oh, and that's this one and I could play that one. I was like, oh, okay, Jeannie Lay. Like, you know, I might have been right fluffing it up a little bit. I'm not a very good piano player. I'm oh, a good singer. You've been playing since four and you're not very good? Yeah. What does very... What does not very good mean? No, no, me? no. Like, for someone who's been playing for over 20 years, I don't... I didn't practice. That's the thing, right? Okay. You can take lessons for say, 20 girl, years, but if you're, you're not practicing... better than a lot of people I know. I'm better than people who've never had a music lesson, sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to sing something for them before we get off? Um. Do you want to show out a little bit? I'm giving you the mic to show out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm letting you show out. I don't even know what I would sing. Just hum something. What was I thinking singing the other day? They were playing that. Uh, oh, they were playing an Adele song in the restaurant I was in before I came here. And there's it rolling in the deep, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's this. It's like the chorus line that I really like. I don't really even like the the actual lyrics. But I can't even. I'd have to hear it. It's like. Um, Should have had a bet. I don't know. It's like. And like that is like I love that part of that song, and, and of course Adele is she being modest. So y'all gotta y'all gonna have to go check her out. Yeah, come at see the, the choir. <laughs> Drop the name again. Tapestry Choir. Okay, so Tapestry Choir, and then do you want to tap uh, plug your own social medias? Um, no, that's all right. Okay, you can tag me in stuff though, and if people want to hit me up from there, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. So you will see her. We have I got some video, so y'all go see this little um little clips so you could see because no she's not white okay <laughs> she said she said she sound white i don't know what that means i know that was she, not a great she, thing to say sorry <laughs> it's cool though because i know when i put my resume on i'm like yeah my name say it's, it's so ashley perk yeah right I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Ah, surprise i'm coming yeah, in my no, afro well, that's the thing they see my <laughs> name and they're like you like I know what I'm doing though. I do. You see the L next to my LMSW? Right. 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 Okay. Right. Great. Great. <laughs> but yeah, um, so once again, hashtag Perky's Pot. Uh, it's Perky's Pot. Also on Twitter, Perky Sexy Cool on Instagram and Love Period on Facebook. And please rate and subscribe. It's Perky Perspectives. I love or uh, Perky's Perspectives, Love Period. And we're on Google Pocket. 
Podcast Talk. Google, Google Play, Play, Apple Podcasts, and ICN.dj. We're good. Okay. Thanks.